Okay, good afternoon. Good afternoon. David, please. All right. Can you talk a little bit more about what you're doing with these sessions on Friday? And are they basically modeled the same way with what you do during the season, or are they expanded a little bit more? Just to- I, I would say it's similar. I mean, it's uh, you know meetings in the morning and an extensive you know mock game where we're able to you know still basically you know today we had three in a row, so we, we were able to review the last three installs. On uh, the offensive defensive work, and then I think we had 40 plays of game management. So we actually broke down the uh, you know like a 50-40 split between offense defense scheme correction cleanup, and then game management. So we're we're just pushing forward uh, to get as much as we can you know in, in the teaching component of game management as as we possibly can. We just something we felt like it's a bigger focus this year. How did you- I, so I'm sorry. Then we have the state program afterwards. And then we'll finish with a team meeting. How did your quarterbacks do with that yesterday? What do you? Handling things yesterday. Oh, no, they, they do. They do an excellent job. And we have a chance to, you know, we had the meetings this morning. We had a team meeting. Um, and then we actually review what's coming, uh, you know, as far as by video and instruction. And then and then we then we rep it on the field. So, yeah, quarterbacks do an excellent job. I wasn't like Dak was sat idly by yesterday. I, how busy was he yesterday? And he, he, he kind of joked that he got a lot of conditioning work in. He had a lot of conditioning work. I think Brett actually worked him, too, you, know, you know, too much. But uh, yeah, his uh, conditioning was high. So um, I think it just points to what kind of shape he's in. Uh, but he did the mock game today. He did. He did, he's done everything uh, that was asked today. Just, you know, just except throw. So uh, and we don't need to really throw the ball that much in the mock game, anyways. When you look at your future schedule and practice and going to Canton, do you have any? Could, he, could Dak start throwing again on Tuesday before you all leave? Really, that's probably a better question for Monday. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that he continues to progress throughout the weekend, and I, I think we're going to reassess Monday morning. How do you balance that? Because you have Tuesday, and then you wouldn't throw again for another three days. Weighing the benefit of putting four more days on top of it versus doing something. Is it just strictly if he can throw, he can throw? I mean, Dave, I, honestly, I'm just going to let the rehab process answer that question. I mean, I'm, I'm really focused on him getting back where, you know, it's it's, it's not an issue. Uh, we, we definitely would bring him back later than sooner, you know, from a you know, mindset as far as, you know, the way we look at it. Um, so if that's Monday, great. But, you know, you know we'll just have to wait, after, excuse me, after Monday obviously Monday's the off day, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what Monday brings us. When you say you think he did a little too much yesterday, was that something like the GPS numbers were showing you, or just something from feel? And how will that impact we expect the next? Week? Um, I'd love to share all that detail information with you, but I, you know, I, I probably shouldn't. But uh, that was a joke. That was a bad one, though. But um, he's, uh, yeah, he, he had a lot of work. He had high GPS numbers, so I, I think. But I, I know they they just really pushed it yesterday out there. So, um, and you know, Britt and Dak have been working. Exclusively, and I just think, like anything, he doesn't want to lose. You know, he doesn't want to lose any of the conditioning as he goes through this period. Because the team periods are so beneficial, you know, all the way around. You know, particularly in your the way you, um, you know, the way you look at the conditioning. Anything stand out yesterday from the emphasized run game work and practice? I don't know. What'd you think? I, I talked. You know, one back, two back. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Phone booth football. The receivers don't understand why we put 22 guys all together like that. But that's you need it. No, it was good work. I, I enjoyed it. I, I think you have to. You, you need more of that today than you probably have the chance to practice it. But you know, I really liked all the two back. You know, 
phone booth football that we were able to get in yesterday. Look forward with your run defense in training camp and preseason, maybe the camp when it's not live to see how they're progressing. Well, the most important thing is, you know, is, is the timing, the footwork, you know, getting the blocking schemes in sync, particularly the zone uh, blocking. Yeah, that's usually the first that comes together. You get more into the pattern um, concepts where you're pulling a guard or a center or a tackle, you know, angle, angle, pull. So, that, you know, the timing of that and the way the back fits, you know, it's it, it just takes time to get it synchronized. And it's no different for the defense, you know, that, that they're, you know, they're fitting, they're hitting their targets and, you know, their ability to keep their gap integrity and, you know, run off the block. And so, I mean, this is what training camp's for. I mean, we, we just need the work. I mean, we, um, you know, we look like a team that's, that's practiced, you know, two, two days in pads. I mean, that's just that's where we are. It's not abnormal. Um, but this is why you have training camp. You had a lot of emphasis on the run game, yet CD found a way to stand out yeah. uh, with a couple touchdowns. Does he continue to impress you, or do you just expect those things from that game? I mean, that's, that's good observation because it also creates one-on-one situations. You know, you get into the, those type of four-minute uh, situations and, you know, the backed-up series was good work. Uh, but, you know, the ability to, to create the one-on-one outside with all that room, you know, that definitely that definitely plays the CD's strength because uh, his ability to, you know, not only burst but, you know, drop his weight and, and you know, particularly the double-move routes. And, yes, um, but, yeah, creating one-on-ones for – for all those guys, I mean, it definitely gives them a lot more room to work. How is Anthony Brown responding to all the competition in the cornerback room, and especially with all the veterans coming here? I think Anthony looks great. I mean, number one, I, I think he's had a tremendous offseason. I mean, you look at the, you know, the weight and the size that he's he, he's put on. He's, you know, his weight is, is up in a good way from last year. So I think Anthony's having an outstanding camp. Maurice Kennedy, yeah. did you have any idea when OT started what you really had in him and over the course of camp? What have you kind of come to see about him and his style of play? You know, I did not. Uh, Maurice has been because you know he's because obviously wasn't here last year, and and, um, and then he came back off the, the knee surgery. So uh, the thing that really really excites me about him is his instincts and ball skills. I mean, his his ability to to play, you know, with with the anticipation. He's he's made some plays on the ball. So I've been very I've been very impressed with what he's what he has shown so far. A lot of corners. I know you don't need to make a decision on a 53-man roster yeah. today, but how difficult do you anticipate that decision will be with all the competition that's there? Well, you want it to be difficult, but you know, I, I think history will tell you. I mean, and particularly you know the last 10 years, you know, sub sub offense and defense has gone up so much. Uh, the cornerback position is stressed more. Uh, you, you look at the course. Of, my point is, you need all of them. I mean, you can't have enough corners. Uh, corners are playing more. You know, they're playing more on special teams. Uh, they're playing more on the, on the sub-package groups. So I think it's healthy, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever had a year uh, that, that your cornerbacks haven't been stressed from a, from a health challenge in the last 10 years. I think that's just, the, you know, the numbers. It's the number that they're, they play a lot more. Uh, the space of, 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 the, of today's NFL is a, it's a, a lot more challenging for those guys. What's the what's the highest number of corners you've ever had on a fifty-three man roster? Well, I think you look at more secondary. You know, I mean, I've you know I've been I've been involved where you know the traditional used to be ten, and then I've seen it as high as twelve. You know, so you can make an argument it could, could be thirteen if you just look at pure numbers on who plays in the game. So um, to me, the players and the the competition of camp and preseason game answers that because I mean you really want the competition to decide the, the final roster. And I never really looked at it as the 53. I think it, you know, that it'll be 68 with the practice squad. So 
uh, you, we're going to need all, we're going to need all those guys, and um, so uh, it's healthy. And you know, it's, I think I've already said it, you can't you can't have enough corners. When what you are your thoughts thinking about the fifty-three or sixty-eight or whatever you want to put out? Is that part of your daily meetings? Is it something you wait for the game to start before you start worrying about those sort of things? I, I don't. And uh, you know, frankly, Ted Thompson taught me that. He you know he, he thought it was a bad habit to get into uh, to try to you know you start doing that too early. You you, you may miss. You may miss on a guy, you know. So it's important to really give everybody credit. I, I think we all, you know, look at the board and, and and continue to rank guys, you know, to keep, you know, make sure you're in tune with the numbers. But I, I'm I've never been one uh, to sit down and start picking picking your team in the second week of training camp. And I don't I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's the the best process. Robinson back the corner. Reggie Robinson, how has he looked so far? He's doing well. I mean, he's, uh, I think he's definitely more comfortable. You know, I, I think that, you know, the fact of, you know, especially when he's switching, um, he, he's he's a lot more competitive. And I think he was thinking too much last year, and that was part of the position change. So, you know, I'm looking for him to take advantage not only his corner opportunities, but you know, he he really needs to, um, you know, grab a hold of the special teams opportunities also. What are your thoughts on Dan Quinn, just in terms of what he's doing in practice, what he's doing in meetings? What he's trying to achieve. With the uh, super impressed with Dan um, and, and what he's done. I think, like anything, you know, a coordinator, you, you have to, you have to get your staff right. Uh, and that's such a big part of this, and frankly, it's the hardest part. Um, you know, the player relationships are. I think we all enjoy that. Um, you can see how he's brought the room together. But you know, going back to when he first arrived, just the the extra meetings, the extra time that he put with the staff, you're definitely starting to see the benefits. Of it because when the staff's right, the relationships with the players are, are better and the communication's better. Your whole process is better. So Dan's doing a Dan's doing a fantastic job. Was that an issue last year? No, uh, I mean, there's nothing. We're talking about this year. No, I mean, just I mean, complimenting Dan on the job he's doing. Now, after driving your truck off the road when learning about uh, hard knocks, <laughs> has now that you've been here and worked with it a couple of weeks, has it been less intrusive than maybe you were concerned it would be? Are there times you don't notice they're there? How, how is that going? I mean, the staff's wonderful, but uh, I think the fact that I almost wrecked my truck definitely reflects the challenge that it brings. No, I'm, I'm, it's, it's just different. I mean, it, 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 and it'll always be that way. But I think our guys, the most important thing is you can't let it be a distraction, and it hasn't been for our football team. hasn't been for the, you know, the players and the coaching in the support operations, and, and that's really the, the most important thing to me. Um, so um, they, they can't make it any easier for you. You know, they're very accommodating. Um, they're very professional. Uh, so, you know, that, that part is, is refreshing. But, you know, it's, it's just it's the facts of the matter. I, I, think if, I think in just life in general, if you put a, a group of men, 120 men into a room, and you have a conversation of some things you want to do, do it this way, the, the, the camaraderie, the language, the, the behavior is definitely a little different when there's not a camera. I mean, I, I just think, I think that's the facts of the matter. So that's, that's the only downside of it. So, uh, but, it, but it hasn't affected our, our, our camp, hasn't affected anything we had to do with, with preparation. Malik Turner didn't play a lot last year. Why did you bring him back, and what have you seen in the receiver, him as a receiver here this year? I tell you what, Malik said he's just a really he, he's a really good, well-rounded football player. I mean, I, I think if you you see his workload alone each and every day, 
I mean, he, he, he really puts out, you know, both on as a receiver position and special teams. So he's very well-rounded. Uh, it's a very competitive room. You know, I, you know when, I, when I look at Malik and Noah and Cedric, and I mean, you got, you got three guys that can just you know, run into any situation, any position um, on low reps, you know, all, all those things that you, you, you look for in, in, in your receiver because you want diversity because uh, when the players can play multiple positions, it gives the coaching staff schematically, uh, you know, an advantage of trying to create better matchups. Three receivers as good as you do at the top of that rotation. Does it alter what you look for in the other two spots, or is it always just what those individuals can bring? See, I've always looked at the receiver position as is you want them all to be able to play all three, you know, three four positions. Um, so, because with that, to, to to go beat the great defenses, you know, your fourth and fifth matchup have to win, you know, you, you have to win regularly because the good defenses are going to, you know, they're going to line up and tilt the coverage or, you know, tilt the field to try to take away one and two. And, it, and if you just look at the, the great offenses in this league the last the last decade, it, it's, you know, it's the teams that have the third and fourth, you know, and potentially the fifth matchup. Uh, so, and, and that's, what you, that's what you always want. And, I mean, that's just the way I've always viewed the, the receiver position. How flexible in terms of, Wide receiver positions has Noah Brown been, and what kind of campus he had so far? I mean, Ditto knows that guy. I mean, knows knows that player that can play any position. Um, you know, he's he's outstanding on special teams. Uh, I mean, he's he's as tough as the guy that, that we have on our roster. So I mean, I, I I love Noah Brown. I love the way he plays. I love the way he goes about it. So he has he gives us great flexibility. How competitive does that QB target game get between the guys? You think? Uh, it's okay. I mean, I've seen, you know, they're, I think it picks up, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great game. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it's fun because I think it's like anything. You give these guys a chance to compete in anything, they're going to they're compete. But, yeah, they, they do a good job with it. Mike, we hear about how the defense has disguises, how you want to be multiple, and then we also hear Leighton Van Der Esch say yesterday this more 4-3 foundation scheme is what he feels like he was drafted to play. What's the art to making guys feel like this is the scheme they're comfortable in while also pushing them to try different things? Well, I, I think it's, you know, you know this, the scheme is part of it, but it's, you know, it's really the, you know, it's the fundamentals within the scheme, the consistency of it. You know, it's just, you know, you just don't, you want to make sure you're asking them to do enough for, for not only them to be successful, the, the, the defensive can be successful, but it's really the comfort and how they fit. And that's, that's the beauty of having multiple personnel groups, but the, but you, the ability to teach both offense and defense, I look at the same. You, you design things by concept. If, if, you, if you stay in a concept-driven approach, it, it gives you the, the ammunition to get into game plans and, and line up each and every week. And, and I think with that, uh, when you take that approach as a coach, it really simplifies things for, for the players. And you can just see the way they're – I mean, they're, we're playing so much faster right now, and, uh, but you know, we can play fa- even faster. So – and, that, and that's really the ultimate goal. But, you know, guys are having a clear understanding and the communication is getting better each and every, each and every day, and we just got to keep building on it. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Thank you.